Welcome to Podcast for Your Life. We probably should turn the slow Yeah, probably should. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's try that again. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Podcast for Your Life. I'm Jam. And I'm Jason. And today, um, at Jason's suggestion, we're going to talk about wine for your life. Wine for your life. Wine's pretty great. Red, white, everything else. Blue. I guess there probably is blue, blue wine. Well, uh, also just to give you an update, we are seven likes closer to whatever goal of likes <laughs> we're trying to go for. <laughs> that was a weird way to word that. <laughs> so, I know, right? It was one of those like, well, it's like 100% of what, you know? Yeah. Um, seven more likes than, yes, than last week. Yeah, it was. Actually, I think it is. Anyway, so, and none of them are our mothers still. Like, mm. we're still waiting for mom to like our Facebook page. Yep. It's good. It's a good track record that your first seven aren't, aren't yeah. moms. I'm not it's sure if they're moms we, in general, but they're not our moms, that's for sure. It's something to be proud of. Yeah. And uh, shout out to our moms. Anyway, today we're talking about wine. Um, there's a story we heard from our coworker recently about a fun name for a bottle of wine that uh, she encountered. Basically, some dude brought a bottle of Josh wine to the party, and... I don't know, it's weird to like, wow, who names who names a bottle of wine Josh? Like, this is a Josh brand of wine. Yeah, I thought it was super weird. I thought it seemed clear who their target audience was. Like, if the bottle, if the wine is named, the brand is Josh, they're targeting, like, the, like, college bro kind of dude. They're like, it's like the guy who walks into the party and he's like, hey, everyone, I brought some Josh! And everybody's like, whoa! whoa no, he did it! He brought some Josh! You oh, my can't, God! I can't believe you. That's so cool of him. What? Or he's like, it's like on the snowboarding trip, he's like, guys, this is going to be the, the best spring break trip ever, and I wanted to make it even a little bit better. No, you didn't. By bringing a couple bottles of Josh! What's up with oh! that? Oh! Best spring break ever, 2017! <laughs> We're underage! No, we don't endorse underage no, no, drinking no, up no, 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 they're so. overage. Um, <laughs> it takes the average college bro to take about five or six years for college, so most of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Define a college bro for me. Uh, well, I didn't. I didn't want to specifically target like fraternity dudes, but more like that fraternity stereotype. Because not everybody's stereotype, like that. Stereotype. Yeah. Not everybody's like that, but the stereotype, you know. Right. He he's probably named Josh too. Like it just makes sense that he would yep. bring a bottle of his own wine. Yeah, true. We'll have to talk about stereotypes. Yeah, he would think it's hilarious, and he would bring the wine, and then make that joke about his name being Josh every time. That's right. That's kind of what that guy would do. Yeah, and it would fall flat most of the time too. Well, I don't know. His friends like Chad and Zach would think it's funny. They would. They would. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Every time. They okay, got this. All right. <laughs> so, um, Josh Wine. Uh, we looked it up. It is actually a bottle of wine. Um, the label just says Josh, and it's like in this kind of script handwriting. Um, it's real, it's not that expensive. It is, I guess, the, it's fully made by Josh Sellers, um, but still, like, it's not like Josh Smith Sellers. It's just Josh Sellers, so it just leaves us with a lot of questions wanting to be answered. Yeah. And also leaves some uh, college images in our head. So full disclosure, I don't know anything about wine. Why not, Jam? Um, because I don't drink, um, and if I did, I probably wouldn't be, like, way into wine or anything. Um, but Jason... You were telling me about, like, a pretty pop is it like, I guess popular or notorious something cheap wine that everybody knows about. 
Alright, so there's a commonly known type of wine called uh, Two Buck Chuck. Um, I've heard my dad say Three Buck Chuck, which I guess is like Two Buck Chuck for $3 or something. I don't know. But basically, <laughs> yeah, I try to figure out like what is the... What's the origin of that name? Is that just like a common name for cheap wine or $2 wine or $3 wine for that matter? Or is there something else going on? And I found out that it's actually named after a brand of wine uh-huh. that uh, places like Trader Joe's sells. Um, it, Charles Shaw is the name of it. So at one point in time, it was $2. And now it is known as Two Buck Chuck because it's $2.00. It's, uh, you know, Chuck is a nickname for Charles, and that's, uh, that's how you get two-buck Chuck. So, basically, whenever you go out there and, I guess, they use that term, it refers to cheap wine, but um, it's just not, like, an actual Chuck wine unless it's, like, the Charles Shaw. The Charles Shaw. Like, the Charles Shaw, yeah. So, I mean, well, or any Charles. I guess they could have, like, a Charles Smith. Probably still be a two-buck Chuck. <laughs> Do, did Charles Shaw coin like that brand or whatever they coin the term to have chuck or you think it's like colloquial i don't know this podcast isn't for like full 100 percent accuracy with some of our facts well yeah you already knew about it before i did so i just wasn't certain <laughs> that's but. another podcast yeah so that makes total sense now there you go go out hmm. into your neighborhoods and shop for chuck hopefully it's two dollars and now if you're a big fan of cheap wine you know who your hero is the guy who, who started it all charles shaw maybe moment of silence maybe with him He's, raise he, raise your glasses. He he could I mean he could be alive still, right? He probably is alive. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out a way to pay him uh, respect. Okay. So that's cheap wine. Let's talk about the most expensive wines in the world and how broke we are and we'll <laughs> never be able to afford them. I mean, I really don't understand like expensive wine. To me, I'm like if there's cheap wine, there's expensive wine. Is there really that much more, like, production costs and stuff going into expensive wine? Like, did they have to, like, grow the grapes in some super different way? Or, like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, like our wine's grown in space or something like that. Like, that might make sense because you have to, like, grow it in space. But in general, I don't see how it could be so drastically different to have, like, a $2 wine and, like, a... I don't even know how expensive it gets, but... Well, it gets pretty expensive. There are three, probably, like... Now, there's a good amount of expensive wines in the world, and um, you can go to your store and get some, like, 200 300 bottle wine, $300 bottle wines. Um, but let's talk about some of the top ones. And okay. no, none of them were grown in outer space, okay. unfortunately. Um, that is yet to come. But a couple of them were grown in the 18th century, um, apparently Thomas Jefferson was a big fan of wineries uh-huh. or winemaking. Yes. And so, uh, two of the most expensive wines in the world were actually barreled by him or made by him or made at his, one of his vineyards. Some of the, um, facts out there are a little uncertain so there's not like 100% certainty that these were like Thomas Jefferson's actual wines but they definitely have his initials on them so we're not sure whether he actually made them himself or whether it just came from his vineyard or whether it's something else could be complete fake you know so that's like one of the most expensive kinds is the ones that could be his like how how expensive we're talking about $160,000 
for a bottle. Oh my of goodness. Wine. So in that case, it's and not And that's about... not even the most expensive one that he made. No way. <laughs> so in that case, it's not really that it was more expensive to make wine. It's just that after being bottled, that the value of that bottle of wine since he's been, you know, dead and he's like famous um, founding father kind of guy. Yeah, kind of. So it's gotten up in value because of that and because it's like a really rare, limited resource? Probably. Probably when he was making wine, it probably was a two-buck chuck back then, but because he became the man he became, including the president of the United States, it's so expensive. Weird. Now, one of his wines from 1787... Uh, I think that it's called the Chateau Margeau. I think if my French serves me right, which I know no French, but um, I think I can relatively pronounce bottles of wine. <laughs> um, in 1787, was when it was created, it was authenticated to be part of his collection. So it was this was one of the ones that was like actual legit Thomas Jefferson's wine. Uh-huh. In um, the past hundred years. Uh, it was sold for $500,000 Yes. for one bottle. Okay. So this is like, this is like one of the most expensive bottles of wine. But, plot twist, one night at dinner, whoever had the bottle of wine or whoever was in charge of it, um, a waiter knocked over the bottle of wine <laughs> and splash. It broke, crashed, spilled everywhere. $500,000 down the toilet, just like that. Here's the here's is that, the that true? Is that yeah, really true? This is really true. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is what's sad about this. Insurers, obviously, a bottle of five hundred thousand dollars worth of wine is insured, duh. Just like you would a house, for that matter. Seriously. Um, I wonder what kind of insurance would be more expensive. So anyway, this bottle was insured, um, but the insurers only paid out two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars for it. Interesting. So the dude probably lost some money on it, unless he like bought it for cheap, sold it for higher. I don't know. But it's not sad. Just like, yeah. just like that, you know? It just kind of talks to you about the brevity of life that, you know, one day it's $500,000, the next minute it's on the carpet. I guess anything is like that, but that also really, to me, highlights the fact that something like that as a bottle of wine that's so easily ruined... Can you believe it? ...should never be that expensive. Like, never. there should be a cap on it to where at a certain point it's like, actually too risky to buy it. It's like, hey, this is a liquid that could be spilled at any time, or the glass could break, or whatever. So... Uh, yeah. don't pay any more than this for it or whatever. I'm not afraid of like breaking a bottle of bourbon, but when you spend at least like 30 or $50 on something, it's like, well, I'm going to try to take care of this, but if it breaks, like it's kind of a lot of money for something that's just going to be drink, you know, going to be digested. Yeah. And like, even if, yeah. like, so there's a lot of things I love that none of them are wine, but I like love coffee. I love kombucha. Um, Can you imagine buying a $500,000 glass or cup of coffee? Yeah, no way. I mean, I don't even want to, like, pay, like, $40 for... There's, like, a cup of coffee that's amazing that you can get for, like, $40. And um, $40? That's even way too much for that's coffee. Just, that's the only one I've... Sorry, I should say that's the only one I've, that's crossed my path. Uh, if, like, I've had the opportunity to do that, and I did not do it. That's um, good. And that's still too much, you know? Because part of it's about, like quantity of coffee not so much like the rare quality of one cup yeah so there you go you've got two buck chuck on one end and you've got thomas jefferson's own vino on the other end so i feel like my opinion of wine like already not being interested in it it's like that is becoming a stronger feeling for me like i'm less interested in it of course it's cool to learn some of this stuff but like i'm less interested in even stepping into the world of wine than i was before 
It's so amusing, though, to read the descriptions and flavorings of wine. Like, if you go to, um, well, Trader Joe's, I hate to keep using them because I don't want to show, like, favoritism, but they are a pretty cool store. Their descriptions of each wine are super detailed. They will say it's, like, oaky and dry and fruity and has hints of vanilla and apricot and bergamot. You know, it's like... They get down to the specifics. I don't know if those things actually have vanilla, apricot, and bergamot, but by all means, they sold me on just the description <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, oaky is definitely one I don't understand. Like, I'm like, who tasted an oak tree or something? Yeah. And then was like, oh, man, this tastes just like wine, or vice versa, or whatever. But Som like sommeliers have to go through that training. They have to just grind up bits of different woods and to be like, oh, this has more of an oaky feel and this has more of a walnut tree feel and this one has more of a, like, particle board feel. So maybe sommeliers excuse me. started out by, like, being... It's like some disease... Craftsmen, probably. Well, carpenters. There's a weird disease where you, like, eat things that aren't edible. So I wonder if they, like, had just eaten tons of non-edible things and then when they started drinking wine, they were like, oh, I'm tasting all kinds of unedible things in here. Types of wood, grass, well, I don't know. <laughs> okay. They don't, they don't really do the grass thing, but... Okay. I can understand with the wood. I, I think it's because the wine is made usually in barrels, mm. and uh, that's how you get it. So, But still, uh, it, it, it leaves this, this funny image of how do you, like, why do you get oak from this thing that tastes like grape juice that's been fermented? So, Interesting. Anyway. Well, I can relate to it a little bit because they use some words like that for describing coffee, like whenever it's single origin, very specific kinds of coffee. But to me, they make more sense because they're almost all fruity words for the most part. Yep. And so it's like, oh, yeah, this tastes a little bit like um, berry or whatever. Cheese so like that, too. It's a little less, like, it doesn't sound as, as like, rich person-like. But like, you can't say a wine description without sounding like you're a snob or a wealthy person or something. For sure. So there you go. That is our discussion today for your life about wine. And um, if you ever have any topics that you want to send in we've got seven folks who are uh you know listening to what's going on these days so all seven of you could send us like a week's worth of things to talk about and uh we would love to hear them and love to hear suggestions and hear your feedback too about how the show's going totally and uh, i think we've come to the consensus that wine is a little bit of a waste of time so now we can move to a different topic that's the moral of the story that <laughs> wine is a waste of time <laughs> and money is that really no wait if it's two buck chuck though uh we'll be back next time with a as of yet unknown topic but um if you're trying to find the best way to listen to us just check your favorite podcast app and we will talk to you soon see you later guys